With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Thursday's episode of a Terra Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined once again by Joe Sked. Hello. And we are doing another one of our top 12 countdowns, but this year there's a little bit of a difference. So, historically, we would do the 12 best wide midfielders and the 12 best centre midfielders. That always presented a little bit of a problem, especially once you would get kind of wide and central, you know, for instance, the 3-4-3, if somebody plays is one of the wide men in that front three, are they central, are they wide? Because they're Ryan kind of a Christie. combination of both. Yep, Ryan Christie, what the hell is he? You also have the problem, uh, which we done last year, so we changed it a little bit last year, where, what did we do last year again? Oh yeah, we, we cut out... So I think we just done midfielders and attacking midfielders. And that therefore meant that we were doing the attacker central or on the wing as one and the guys who were further back as others. The problem, at least the problem when I found when I was researching that, was that we had guys like Haki Madoffin being compared to guys like Joe Newell. And it didn't really make a lot of sense. Like very different types of players. Although both of them would be in this list, funnily enough, so that's not the best example, yeah. but... Well, you're thinking that. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's, yeah, so there is still a problem. There is, there is still a problem. But basically, to get to get rid of that problem, we'd have to do about four or five different podcasts and break down every single position. So, yeah, I did not explain that very well at all. But, so we're going to have three this year to, to take care of a set of midfielders and see how that works itself. Not, not the set of midfielders, midfielders in general. And we'll see how that works itself out. So we're going to have 
top 12 defensive midfielders, as we're doing today. Now, defensive midfielders were basically including anybody that you wouldn't call an attacking midfielder. So there's going to be guys in here you would say is probably more of a number 8 than a number mm. 6. But we, we kind of have to cut the limit somewhere and not just record too many podcasts of these to go through each individual position. Because we're doing that, we may as well start to do it between like wing-backs and full-backs as well, and that's just far too messy. Not, not, not bothering with all that. Because even, it even may be too messy that, already with, with this change, to be honest. But yeah, there's we'll see uh, how it goes. Because there's going to there's gonna be there's going to be Celtic players who uh, are probably number eights, but we've because the way Celtic play, they're just classed as attacking midfielders. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've only aye. I've only I've only got one Celtic player in this list. And I've got two. I've got one Celtic player and a whole host of Rangers players. Just because they just the way they just the way their midfield is kind of the shape and splop and you, you kind of see them so yeah it was um it was it was interesting to put together so like for example Lewis Ferguson we, that was that was a difficult I think the three we had um three we were not sure about was Ian Harks Dylan Levitt and Lewis Ferguson and we end up pushing yeah. Ferguson and Harks up and you could make an certainly I think you can make an argument for Ferguson to be in the in this list. Uh, because he's he's probably played he has probably played a bit deeper, um, yeah. So, but yeah, he's he's been into and he would have definitely been in the top twelve uh, in in this list, but he's been pushed up. Yeah, so he's in the attacking. So there'll be another one that's attacking midfielders, and then we'll do another one which is wide midfielders, and then we'll do forwards. Hopefully, we can fit all these in by the time of the season, which is uh, very soon. <laughs> but anyway, oh well, we'll see how we go. Uh, so yeah, this is defensive midfielders, uh, or uh, including some number eights that just aren't too attacking. <laughs> I already feel this is mess. We're, gonna, we're also going to change this again next year, aren't we? We're yeah. going to just go back to wide wide players and centre midfielders and try and try to make it easier. We've maybe complicated a bit more, but it's okay. We're here now. We've got our list. Joel, who's your number twelve? My, my, my number twelve. Well, I, t- I, found, I actually found this. I found this firstly difficult to narrow it down to twelve players. I think I had my long list. Well, my 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 short long list. We had a, I think we had a long list of forty six, uh, yes. and then which I narrowed down to about fifteen, and then down to twelve, which I found I found I found getting it down to twelve was difficult, and then the the placings within the twelve were difficult, so this this is this could be all over the place. But uh, my number twelve is Heart of Midlothian Dreamboat Peter Haring. I've got higher, and you will not be shocked to learn. No, uh, I was I was deliberating whether to include him or not, and then uh, spent a large portion of Sunday evening with Peter Haring, and uh, I was like, um, he is definitely getting in. <laughs> because he put off my put off my drunken shit, uh, so he deserves a place in my top twelve. Um, he the reason reason I was kind of deliberating just because he's not really been first choice for Hearts this season and he's never it's probably on to the last few months where I've actually thought or um, felt that he's wanted at Hearts there, there's always mm-hmm. a part of me the last couple of seasons whether Nielsen uh, really uh, really rated him as as a player, but the comments from Nielsen recently is like really I think hammered home just how he, that he does rate him. He does want him to be part of his squad and going forward. There's still that there's still issue over his over his contract, but throughout part of the season he was if I, I could found he was a wee bit inconsistent. It's like when when he's good, he's very very good, and you can really appreciate what he brings to that midfield. But then. 
there's every now and then he'll have an off game and he just looks uh, so off the uh, far off the pace. But in the last couple of couple of months, especially injuries to Devlin, injuries to uh, Benny Beningame, he's really come to the fore and he's either you probably his best football since his long term injury where he missed a full season. Probably the best his best football since he was one of the best centre midfielders in the league. Yeah. Has, uh, he's, he's never been the most mobile and they're still talking to pals uh, there, there still is that question mark over mobility but his reading of the game is excellent and one thing that I think he has ex- he excels in and he's better than uh, better at than Suter is his switch of play I think he's really good at, at uh, especially dropping into kind of right, right hand side position just in front of the uh, defence and just a sweeping ball over the top there's one in the win over I was going to say Dundee United, but I'm actually being might be in Ross County. Uh, the game played behind closed doors, cracking ball over the top for uh, ended up Ben Woodburn scoring. So <laughs> deliberate Aiden, um I've put him in at twelve. To be honest, I would be happy to have him uh, much much higher, uh, but he does deserve, especially the the trajectory of his of his plays to get back in the team. He's a tremendous stopper in terms of just denying the, the opposition and really with these kind of bulk and size and yeah, I do agree with you that it's become slightly less effective because his mobility has been hampered since that that long spell he spent out through injury. I mean he was out for he was out for like fifteen months. Mm-hmm. But even apart from that, he like he barely played in the second half of that season because he was kinda of nursing the injury. So he really kind of for the the best part of like you know, I almost almost 18 months really that he barely played and he's he has lost a little bit of uh, quickness on the turn because quickness in general through that and you're right there are some games where that, that can show up uh, it's not really and, and again uh, as you said it's not really been the case recently I just love how much that he controls tempos of games often mm. when he's in the centre of the park and he, he just is he can be so dominant like you saw it in the most recent game against Ross County where he was Hart's, probably Hart's best player and that was kind of just what he was doing he wasn't doing anything too flashy county weren't um, posing as much of a threat that he really needed to be like heroic and you know step in front of balls all the time. But he was just getting on the on the ball and making sure that Hearts were able to to dictate the tempo and the pace of that game. And that's what he one of the things he does very well. And yeah, so I've got him a bit higher than you, but my number twelve. And this is so I just I my list when I got down it was only thirteen names, but it was very hard to pick between. 12 basically between two teammates because I wanted to only include one and not include the other because I have another player here that I quite like and uh, who's plays for a different club and as usual I like to be the socialist I like to spread around the love so I was left with one of two players for one team and I have gone for at number 12 Livingston's Jason Holt I have got him slightly higher and yeah, I think uh, I think the the one you left out was Stefan Omionga. Yes, yes, yes. Same. I was. He was. He was probably thir- uh, number thirteen or fourteen on my list. Yeah, I've I've dinged Omionga for the fact that he's forms dipped a bit recently. I think he's out. Mm. I think he's out at the moment through injury. But yeah, he definitely took a bit of a nosedive in form before then. And uh, the, the game against Hearts really stands out to me. The game against Hearts, the game against Celtic not long ago as well, two really poor performances from him. Yep. That I, I th- The ceiling is definitely higher on Omionga in terms of what you're going to get for a game. He is somebody mm-hmm. that really can 
I mean, we saw it at Easter Road earlier this season. He's a guy who can run a game by himself. Uh, well, he done it, they've done it twice against him. They've done it in the, the 1-0 victory, which proved to be Jack Ross the last game as well. But you can do it just through energy. I think Jason Holt just... Yeah, and I think Jason Holt just displays a much better level of consistency in that Livingston midfield. And it's probably been their player of the season so far. At least that's what Ian Holt told me on the, on the Patreon. <laughs> but he's somebody that's reinvented himself... Was just, just for clarification, that is, is that a relation to Jason Holt? That... Who, Ian Holt? Yeah, yeah just, just for no one that, for people that may be thinking, they just, just realise Ian Holt says Jason Holt's the uh, player of the season. And no, they I go, said oh. Ian Holt. Hall. Oh, Ian Holt, sorry. Uh, sorry, it sounded like Holt. <laughs> Pardon yeah, me, so no, carry no relation, on. No, no relation considering they have different last names. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Holt is somebody who reinvented himself, was a number 10 at heart, displayed at times the qualities that you kind of want for a number 10, but just really didn't impact the game enough in terms of goal scoring and in terms of assists and what basically you need from a number 10. Excellent technique, brilliant in the fact that he, he plays the game with his head, his head up, but just really wasn't, just didn't quite have enough vision or you know ability in his shooting to 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 really be uh, a, a top flight player at that position. He goes down to Rangers in the Championship, where he plays mainly as a number eight in that system, and he looked very good. And I kind of thought he would it would translate well to being a top flight player because he scored ten goals in the season that Rangers won the title. And I thought that would I, I did actually think he would be able to make the step up no problem, but he stepped up. And his goal tally fell off a cliff. He was still working hard. He was still able to drive the ball forward. He was still a a fairly popular player in a team that wasn't all that popular, but it was clear that he had his limitations and he'd gone all, as far as he could and really in a Rangers jersey in the top flight. He then bounces around a bit, doesn't really do much, ends up at Livingston. And this is, funnily enough, this is what I kind of, this is what I said years ago when he was at heart, is that I thought Jason Holt had a lot of attributes to be a number six, but it kind of... It just didn't seem plausible at the time because he was quite—he was—he's small, he's short, he's very thin, and you just didn't think you can't have that guy in front of your defence protecting them. But what he is is he's feisty. He is not afraid of a tackle or a foul, and or a booking. And he, despite the fact he must be about five foot seven, and you know, about seven stone, soaking wet. He is he's somebody that does not back down. He plays with a lot of heart and he's a player I still just enjoy watching to this day. I'm very happy that he's managed to forge himself a very successful career in the Scottish top flight. Yeah, I think I think it's helped that football has evolved that Scotland's usually slower than what I see on the continent, but then you've, you've got at what, the early to mid-2000s that you've seen a bit more... Uh, there's diminutive football players were taking up these central positions and where it was more where they were able to showcase their on the ball on the ball qualities as much as the off the ball and certainly Jason Holt has that but like I said he's, he's got that, that, that feistiness and he reads the game well he does uh, he does really well for interceptions per 90 minutes Six, uh, top 10 uh, in this uh, defensive midfielders for successful successful defensive actions per 90 minutes and I think he's we talk, I talked about on the view from the terrace is that he is someone who 
he, you won't see much of him on highlights, but he gives Livingston a platform to play. I was a wee bit frustrated. I was watching him on um, watched him on Saturday in the win over Hibs. A wee bit frustrated for um, frustrated by him a couple of times where he'd get the ball at the base midfield and like a, a forward forward passes on. He, he'd split the lines. He didn't really take it, but overall, you can see that he gives Livingston a wee bit of time. Uh, in possession, he gives um, freedom to well, Shinny or um, Omionga if he plays, or Scott Pittman to 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 go forward, and then he supports play, uh, gets his gets his uh, foot stuck in, but you, you know you can you can trust him with the ball. So I think it's been I think it's been a real really beneficial Martindale moving him to uh, a number six and getting the best out of him because he looks like he could play that that, that position in the Premiership for uh, a, a number of years more. Right, who's your number 11? Number 11 is, if my documents grow up, uh, my number 11 is, so similar to similar to you with uh, Livingston, it was between two players from one club, and ultimately it, ultimately it came down to a, a player I just prefer, and that's uh, Hibernian's Jake Doyle-Hayes. Ah, I don't have him at all. So didn't, as you can didn't imagine, cross my mind. Didn't, he's, I think he's just. I think he's just been quite poor this season, to be honest. So I have. He's put in. Uh, I put him in there just because I like him as a player. And going back to, I think I really liked him at St. Mirren. But the, there's aspects. The the a key thing that happened at St. Mirren's happened to Hibs, where he's had it's patch. His form's really patchy. Yeah. But when 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 he is on when he, when he is on his game, he is. Um, I think is a, a tremendous footballer. You see the is a the, the couple of goals he scored down the season. Um, well, earlier this year, that ability to um, that ability. I think he can mix uh, mix play when the Hibs have played Hearts. Not played at times. Not played that well. I thought he has been uh, when I've watched Hibs. He to me has always caught the eyes, having a positive performance, even if the the team aren't great. And I chose him over Joe Newell because I know there's a lot of love for Joe Newell. Uh, among some Hibs fans, um, amongst uh, some of the folk on the terrace, but I, um, I'm not sold on him. I, I think he's uh, very neat and tidy on the ball. I think he's someone if he was had a right foot, I don't think he would get as much credit. Um, <laughs> just with, I think he looks he, because he because he because he's got his left foot, it looks he looks better. But I don't think he's a very good defender. He's at times reminds me of Liam Donnelly. When he was playing defense, defensive midfield, I know it's slightly different position because he's more for number eight for Hibs, but I don't think he's quite there and being able to play in a midfield two. I think Jake Doyle Hayes can play in a midfield two that Hibs have had this season. Joe Newell, I don't think um, I saw defensively. Uh, you look at made so sorry, my document's been really slow. Um, where are you, Mister Joe uh, Joe Newell? Yeah, so fouls per he's uh, top ten for fouls per ninety minutes, lowest for um, defenses duels per ninety uh, per ninety. But he does really well on the ball. Jake Doyle Hayes is um, he's he's good at mixing it, like I said, but also playing the ball forwards. So yeah. I don't think Ealer have had brilliant seasons. Hibs as a whole haven't had brilliant seasons, but he gets in onto much just because uh, I like him. But again, to be honest, if you had asked me, would I like would I prefer Jake Doyle Hayes in midfield or Peter Haring? Be Peter Haring all day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right, uh, not my number eleven is Motherwell's Calm Slattery. Oh, didn't consider him. 
Ah, really? That's uh, I think he's been overall. I think he's been Motherwell's best player this season. <laughs> I think he's, yeah, yeah, I think. Joel, he's remember, been... they're still six. <laughs> I know, but I, I don't know if I've had, had had a real issue with Motherwell this season. I just I just can't get on board with him. I just I, I just can't get on board. And Sal Lattery's yeah been one of their better players, but. I've had an issue with their midfield since the start of the season and his makeup. I just I don't think he's. Uh, I think I think he's a good player. I think he's been one of their better players, but one of the best midfielders in Scotland. Nah. One of the best defensive midfielders here. Come on, defensive uh, midfielders. And the reason I like him, yeah. he is he's very feisty. He's one of these guys. He's similar to Lewis Ferguson in that he's very high up for fouls given away, but he's also very high up for fouls won. He loves to battle in the centre of the park, but more than that, he's, he's a good player. He's mm. somebody that gets forward to support the attack quite well, gets into the box, gets some chances by himself. He's somebody that can create a bit for others. He can he can drive the play forward. He can pass the play forward. He's not somebody that always settles for, for sideways passing. He, he likes to be proactive in the way that he plays the game. And Mullowell are undoubtedly a better team when he's in it. And it was either stubborn or stupid from Alexander not to play him for that stretch of games where Mullowell were hopeless. <laughs> Slattery sat on the bench. And it, it was really... No other reason other than rumours that Alexander had fallen out with him. And it's daft because he's come back at the team and immediately they got a bit better. They're still pretty rubbish, but they're certainly better side with Slattery in it. And I, I think he's a I think he's a very good player and I'm a bit surprised you don't have him in your list, but I kinda get that you've just been maybe it's maybe a little bit biased there because I've just had shit the mother and I've been to watch for a lot of the campaign. I think I think you make a good I think you I think you make a good point in the fact you said one of the best defensive midfielders in the league and I think I've probably been harsh on him. But I can't, I just I think it's almost been take Tony Watt away from uh, away from Motherwell like his performances when he was with Motherwell. Slattery's been kind of best of a bad bunch, and I would really I'd be keen to see certain players in his Motherwell team under uh, under a different management. Again, it's, yeah, they've they've still they still could qualify for Europe, but I think that's a a, a damning indictment of. Um, certain aspects of the Scottish Premiership because you look at Motherwell comments and just how frustrated they've been with the style of play, the direction under Alexander. Uh, I don't want to use the word luck because I think over our 33 games, if you're in the top six, you deserve to be in the uh, the top six, but fucking hell, they've they've not liked them. Not liked them. Who's your number 10? Jason Holt. Ah, cool. Jason Holt, Uh, My number 10 is Dylan Levitt. I have got him. I've got him slightly higher. Yeah, so he's somebody that's probably like we said. This is somebody we had a bit of problem with because he's not really talk about him as a defensive midfielder. Seems a bit of a stretch, but he, he didn't feature that, anywhere in the high, like uh, high up in kind of the the defensive metrics, which was wasn't really no, surprised. He did not. <laughs> he did, did not. Uh, <laughs> but he is. He's probably. He probably still maybe counts because he's more of a kind of deep lying playmaker. But he's somebody that, that does get. But, but still with the ability to get forward and impact the game further up. But he's somebody, like, I looked at his, because when we were trying to decide of him, Harks and Ferguson, who's going to go into this, and I was like, Levitt probably does count, because I looked at his heat map on Scout, and it did look more like a a deeper player's heat map rather than Ferguson and Harks, which had a mm. lot of kind of, a lot of heat in and around the penalty box, and Levitt's not really that much. His was more kind of, 
kind of more of the kind of sides and the, the channels kind of thing rather than rather than kind of attacking through the center. So just just he'd... sorry, just allow me to jump in there, and I think it's, uh, just to add to what you're what you're saying about the heat map is that you you've seen Levitt, I think, uh, especially. Uh, recently be more proactive in the final third in recent games but I think that's because Ian Harks isn't there yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah that's probably true but somebody a, a terrific the best thing about Levitt he's a good player he's got good technique he, you can trust him on the ball you give him the ball and know it's not going to bounce off him and when he gets the ball you know he's going to pick out a teammate he's a very good passer he's a, yeah. he's a very good his shots are in fact his goals are incredible because even the one he scored against Hearts where he dribbled around two players and then stuck it in the far corner. I mean, he only scores absolute, you know, top-class finishes, really, or top-class goals in general, which is uh, quite a, a good trait to have. And he's really impressed since ever since he really walked into the door. One of these signings that you get from a big club in England. And, yeah, I mean, he's a, you know he's been in the Welsh squad before. He's, he's been in the Welsh squad this season, but you, you still don't know what that means as well. I mean, I mean compare him to Ben Woodburn, for instance, who has is, is not had uh, the same type of impact for Hearts. He's come for Liverpool. He played for Wales before. So Levitt was something you didn't know where it was going to work out, but right away you could see he was a good player. And I think he's really come to the fore. I think it was maybe a little bit inconsistent earlier in the campaign, but in the last you know two, three months, I think he's really stepped up and, and been a, almost a talismanic figure for that, for that United midfield. Yeah, so I've got him, I've got him a couple of places higher. Yeah, so I've got him eighth. The sure. I put him in there because of probably talent ceiling that has he been he's not been the most consistent player I think he's had his um, had his peaks and troughs but he's he's someone that you've you, going into United games United haven't been at, at I think United have been a better side than Motherwell but United I wouldn't pay that much money to watch them. Because I don't think they've been a, a, a fun team to watch, but when Dylan Levitt plays, you know you've got someone that you can uh, you can watch over and you look forward to to seeing his goal against Hearts was 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 incredible. Scored a um, scored one a few weeks prior. I can't remember who who, who it was uh, against another screamer, but the one against uh, Hearts was it was uh, David Silva esque. Just the way he. He went round, round, round players. I mean, he, he not made Peter Harren, and I think I think those moments I just show you just how how talented uh, talented he is. You can tell that the the way he is on the ball that he's he, he's had um, very very good coaching, and he's just just a, a very very good uh, technical football player. It was interesting because Courts after the Hearts game it was was asked about was asked about Levitt and. About the goal, and he said, "Oh, great goal!" But he said it was disappointed because he wanted more from him in terms of controlling the game. Because after ten, fifteen minutes, United just fell out the, of the match. It was a, it was a young midfield, but the courts was wanting him to step up and do that. So there's still that element of his game that needs it. But in terms of talent and uh, where he could go, it's um, it, it it is very very high. So I do think he has been um, he, he, he's a fine fine footballer. Right, who is your number nine? This is probably going to be a controversial one considering he's not played there all that much this season, but I think he makes the team much better when he does. Even then, they've still been shit. Uh, Ross McCrory. I did think I really did think about him. I did think about him. He was uh, like I say, I only put thirteen on my on my long list, but I, I did really consider McCrory uh, to, to add to that. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I do. I do get it. I get it. 
it was. So like Connor Barron's really impressed me, but I can he can he go on the back it's, of it's half too, a too season? Much a, too, aye, too small a sample size for him. Yeah. Whereas McCrory's played, yeah, McCrory's played there before. Uh, he's, he's played there before, and I think that is his best best position. I just think he McCrory is a certain midfielder who's just built to play in the Scottish Premiership, and probably be able. You could probably go yeah. down down south and play in it, but he is he's combined. If if Lot if Lot the more played a part in Cardiff City being promoted to the Premier League, then Ross McCrory can play in the Championship. Yes. But I, th- I think certain midfield is his is his best position because as he's got uh, his, his physical qualities are, are brilliant. He can battle. He's really combative. One of the best games I've seen from him this season was against uh, was against Dundee again. Finished two two, but because he's playing ahead of Declan Gallagher and David Bates, who have had uh, I think really poor seasons. McGrory can. He's really good, really good on the ball. I think he can progress the game with his passing. I think he's good passing. But when he's on the ball, he can go from A to B with the ball, just dribbling. He's just that. He's just that powerful presence that can just break lines just through, um, just just through his uh, kind of dynamism, good footballing brain. Um, I can just think he's a he can be a solid presence in midfield. And depending on how you want to shape your midfield, I think he can play as an eight. He can play as a six. Uh, he can play as more of a kind of almost I'd say a destructive ten. So if you were, uh, if you're playing, I don't know Rangers or Celtic, you could probably play him higher up and maybe disrupt uh, Celtic or Rangers play um, through Mag- uh, through Callum McGregor or Lundstrom, whoever, etc., etc. So I think there's a lot of um, qualities to McCrory. And yes, been a shit season for Aberdeen. He's played, at, I think he's played at right back, he's played at centre back, but he's by far the best in the centre midfield. Okay, let's move on to my number nine, and I have got the man you don't really rate. Uh, I've got Joe Newell as my number nine. Okay, I think Joe Newell. I think Joe Newell is a smashing player, and honestly, if it hadn't had, if it wasn't for the fact that he's had such a poor season, because Hibs have had such a poor season in general. And I'm not even really putting a lot of it on him. He's he's played in midfield that's not really suited him. He's played with a partner that doesn't really suit him, and without the kind of number ten that he could really, if it, like if Kel McGuinness was fit for a lot of this campaign with Joe Neal giving balls to Kyle McGuinness that would really work well for Hibs but he's not really had that for most of the year so it's maybe not even it's maybe a bit harsh on him because I've, I've dinged him so much because otherwise I would put him in my top six for this because I think he's I think he's really good I think in terms of his in terms of his vision and, and how creative he can be for the centre of the park I think he's just excellent in terms of that aspect of his game and, and his passing ability to play through the lines to, to make opportunities for the guys in front of him to move with the ball as well he can, he can dribble around people that's why Paul Heckenbottom stupidly put him on the wing is because he does have that ability he, he's also somebody who's he's a, he's a more when you compare it with Jake Doyle Hayes I would, yes I would say Jake Doyle Hayes is a better defender I don't think that there's any doubt about that but Joe Newell is a much more braver player than Doyle Hayes is like he takes chances with the ball and he makes things happen Doyle Hayes for me just so much of the time the safest passing going where it's just like this is all you want to do today is just give it sideways to somebody else whereas Newell tries to get in the front through gets forward makes things happen yeah he could really do with cutting out some of the daft fouls that he gives away as as Hibs fans pointed out like he really likes the, the, the stupid kind of late lunge like the one that he'd done on is it Barry Mackay in the semi-final? Mm. Uh, but it's, it's not hey, really Harry any was point. Was it Harren? Yeah, sorry, Harren. Um, 
where the, the, you're not going to get the ball, there's no point, and he's just kind of lunging in late, and he gets himself far too many yellow cards and sometimes a red card for the off the back of that, and that's something he needs to get rid of. He's uh, kind of really kind of get out of his game if he's going to be an elite level player. But I just still think he's he's very very good, and if it wasn't for him having a poor season, I think I would have him in my top six. <laughs> I've just, I've, I've, I just, I just can't buy buy into the Joe New hype. <laughs> okay, we should have even even last sorry, just even last season when Hibs were doing well, I just there was something about him I just, I just couldn't, I just, I, I just couldn't get my head around. But anyway, uh, my number eight, I think I've already said it was uh, yeah, Dylan Levitt. Uh, my number eight's Peter Harren. Yeah, that's, seven. I think that's that's a more um, a more accurate representation of the handsome Austrians' quality. <laughs> Right, who's your number seven then? Uh, <laughs> now it's time for uh, now it's time for the maroon tinted spectacles. It is uh, Benny Beningui. Oh, I've got them higher. Uh, I've got a very uh, old firm heavy top five, so it's um, it's a hearts it's a hearts seven six. Okay, all right. Well, I've uh, you've gone. Uh, well, we'll get to my list when we get to them. But yeah, uh, yeah I do. I do have the two players you're talking about, uh, Benny Meningue. I have him higher. I I also yeah. Well, the other player you're talking about is Cammy Devon. I have him ahead of Cammy Devon. I think he's a better player. Yes. Yeah, so I thought. I thought. I thought you might. And I, I could understand why. Why so many do so. I'll, I'll just speak to them both in general. I think Benny Meningue is such a class act. Really intelligent football player. Uh, shields the ball so well. I really, I, I don't know what it is. I really like a, I really like a player who can shield the ball. Uh, I think it's, I think it's such a, it's just such a brilliant quality for a footballer to have, especially in the, especially the, in the middle of the park. Yeah, the hectic nature of uh, a, a, um, a Premiership midfield. Uh, defensively, he's, he's great. I think we spoke about it on the podcast before. Just that 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 leg. He's just he's able to like just twist his and just get his leg into really awkward situations and kind of scoop the ball away. Um, it's like he's 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 number one amongst all these players. So all forty five of them. I think the list ended up being forty five because I cut two and added uh, one who we'll get to mm. who we decided was a defensive midfielder and added him late. So forty five players. He's number one for defensive dual percentage. Yeah, and, that, that's that. And not, incredibly, incredibly, with that with that stat, he's also third fewest fouls given away per ninety minutes. Yeah, so uh, he, just, I was, I was, he just he only tackles cleanly. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> it. He just but, in, but it's which is remarkable because the angles he come in, he, he comes in and he like scoops the ball yeah. away. It's like he's like he's like in some sort some, of um, crystal maze. He, uh, he sometimes dives in and you think he's surely given away a foul there, and then he comes away with the ball. Yeah. I really like. I, I just think he is a he's such a such a, a, a lovely player, a, a brilliant pickup. He did go off the boil before his injury. Uh, when I say off the boil, yeah. had a few uh, poorer games uh, compared to how well he started. Whereas Devlin, he is going to be the the the, the player I um, the the hell I die on because I wrote a gushing article when he signed Arts, and I'm I'm sticking at my guns, but. <laughs> With Devlin, I think you've got just the someone who could be in Scottish football terms. It's certainly Scottish football terms. The ultimate all-action midfielder. Uh, 
he's just I think he's he's really good at I mean I've just got the um his ability successful like top 10 for successful defensive actions per 90 top 10 for interceptions per 90 um don't think he I think he's um in the bottom 10 for like well um sorry top 10 for fewest fouls so, per 90 which sorry, is sorry 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 Joe you're selling him short here he is number one for defensive successful defensive actions per 90 number one for defensive duels per 90 and number one for slide tackles per 90 and not on the same topic but another number one he's number one for touches in the penalty box yeah, so that's it. I was going to flip on his uh, the attacking side. He's uh, uh, top ten for accurate forward pass success and key pass per ninety as well. So he's getting the ball when he when he gets the ball. He wants to play forward, and that's. I just think he's uh, the perfect Hartsman fielder because he's someone who's going to noise up opposition. He's going to put himself about. He's going to run himself into the ground. But when he gets the ball, he is going to try and play forward. He wants to be positive. When he's not got the ball, he's going to move into the box. I think he's, he's added added to that as he, uh, the season's progressed, that he's going to make runs into the box. I just think there's so many different facets of his game which have him into, uh, we, we should probably have him beyond Benny Beningame. And a big thing is, he's, he's a tempo setter without... Being setting the tempo of the of the game, so you talked about Haran is like when he's on the ball, he can he, he can dictate the game. Whereas Devlin can do it again with that that tempo, with his energy and his attitude, which fans respond to. Um, Joe Savage was talking about the at our Foundation Hearts meeting I was at recently, and he was talking about the same final against Hibs where we were struggling in the second, well, struggling in the second half. We just we had a shit second half, and then he thought that when Devlin came on, he changed, helped change the game and put, bring it back into Hearts' favour, and disru- he was just disruptive. He just got in um, Hibs' faces. There was an incident with, with, with Pochis, and he's just started making tackles and making things happen, and uh, Devlin can do that with and without the ball, so... I think it's been a really good first season. I think there's a lot more to come from him. Yeah, I would just say that I've got Beringame higher because I think he's Devlin does have a tendency to suffer from headless chicken syndrome at times. Uh, when he just gets a little bit too... Hearts fans love that. Love. They love that. I, I know, but I, I prefer... I think Beringame can be a bit more effective with his discipline about staying within the role in the team that he needs to be in. Mm. But I do take the point that Devlin is more impactful going forward and you can maybe say that for that reason he's a more all-rounded player. Uh, I would also say though I think that Beringame is a better technical player as well. So it's very... Uh, it's yeah. very. And the first thing is I've got both these players ahead of Peter Haring in this list. But I think Hearts maybe function a bit better when Haring partner, partners with one of them as opposed to them two playing together. Yeah, I, I definitely there's, a, there's an argument there. Argument for that. Right, my number seven, and it really gives me no credit, uh, sorry, it gives me no pleasure uh, to, to include this guy as my number seven, because I'm just going to, as I've said in a previous podcast, I'm sick of the sight of him. Uh, in Scottish football, and I really don't think he's much of a standard for the team he's at, but I have to think, how would he fare as a defensive midfielder on every other team in the league? And I think, yeah, pretty good. And I was originally going to leave him off because I didn't think he'd played that much this season. Then I looked at soccer base and I think he's played about 40 games. So I was like, okay, well, I can't leave him off for that. So I'm just going to have to do it and say that my number seven is Celtic's near Beaton. <laughs> I had a feeling he might have him. I, 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 didn't cons- I didn't consider him. I think he's played 22 games in the league, maybe. Um, aye, he's played 37 games in all, all competitions. Um, I don't know how many... <sighs> How many starts in the league? There we go. He has, 11. Well, he has 11 starts played, in the league. 
when he has played and he has started, he's he's played well. Maybe I maybe eleven starts the league was enough. I usually bump off a, a Celtic or Rangers player for that little bit. So that I've got him here now. I may as well talk about him. He's played a few, quite a few of the game. He's played a few of his quite a few of his certainly starts as a centre back as well. Hmm. <laughs> get to fuck that. No, I think he has played well as a defensive midfielder this season when he's when he's played there under Ange Postecoglou. Somebody else who's. Who's probably improved through playing for the Australian, uh, as, a, as a number of Celtic players has. But he, he does have a lot to his game. He's somebody who is there anyone that's is, not improved? Oh, good question. Uh, James um, McCarthy, <laughs> just, just, just in general. <laughs> I was actually looking at James McCarthy's stats, and I ridiculous. I've got an opinion that James McCarthy would be a very good defensive midfielder for anybody else in the league, maybe even Rangers as well. But the way that Celtic played does just not suit him whatsoever. Go go just just go on, just going on stats. Uh, just, James McCarthy and Darren McGregor, uh, two of the best players <laughs> in the league. He's part of the Darren McGregor All Stars, is he? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I love players like that. Uh, remember Mark Connolly was in the, was it last season? Mark Connolly, he was like the stats absolutely loved him. You're like really, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> and you can you can understand why uh, why why some clubs get drawn into certain players and think oh. He was, uh, he's, he's got to be worth a sign. So I'd, I'd love to go back and check Rafa, Rafa Grezlak's stats from the season before Hart signed him. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I, I did. I did. He, uh, Rafa Grezlak was number two overall in the Polish top flight for dribbling percentage. <laughs> Second best dribbler, according to the stats. In the Polish top I'm, flight before he came out. I'm sure there's meant to. I'm sure this is this is this is not meant to be a joke, but I'm sure there's two Rafa Grezlaks. No, I'm pretty sure I had the right one. I hope I had the right one. <laughs> Otherwise, I just wrote an article based on, based upon something else. It's <laughs> oh, fine. That was about three years ago. Anyway, nobody cares. Um, no, yeah, going go back, going back to going back to near beyond. Yeah, I probably should have considered them, but. Uh, and if I did, then you'd have to. He's one of those players that you'd have to be in. I just, I just, I just think that it's almost like. I don't want to say he's been kind of forgotten because he has been the backup to uh, to to Callum McGregor, but I think he's been easy easy to forget. Progresses the ball well in terms of both his passing and moving with it. He is somebody who really is not the greatest of passers in terms of you know vision or whatever, but he's somebody that will keep the ball for your side. He very, very rarely gives it away. This, I think he's an average defender, to be honest, if, uh, uh, at centre-back, but at defensive midfield, those attributes obviously kind of shine a bit more because it's a bit of an easier position to play, as a, you know, to put in your defensive abilities. So he's, he's good in the air in that sense. He's, he's good at... He, does a lot, he gets a lot of interceptions. He's, he's somebody that's just quite good at just denying opponents and, and sitting in front of the back four. I'm just... Like I said, just sick of this. <laughs> it's, like this. it's like I'm just hanging around the squad because he can play two positions fairly well for Celtic. It's just like, surely, get rid. <laughs> Give Sorrow <laughs> a chance. Too harsh. Right, who's your number six? Uh, so uh, it, was, uh, it was bidding me the Devlin. Okay, so I have got Devlin at number six. I have bidding me at number five. Who's your five? Oh, so you've, you, you, I think you must have left someone off this, uh, a, a Rangers player off this list. I've only um, got three Rangers players. Okay, so uh, I, this, this is the start of one of four Rangers players. Um, John Lundstrom. Who the hell else have I left off there? Because if you've got Lundstrom 
Right, okay, well, I guess we'll have to find this when it comes to it. I might, I might have just forgotten something. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got Lundstrom one place high. <laughs> Lundstrom, I... Again, I was toying with I was toying with having him higher because over the season I think he's actually been a uh, he's been a really good signing for Cel- uh, for Rangers. You looked at when they when they first signed him, particularly recently because if you compare him to another player who we're going to talk about very soon, I'm sure he's definitely had a better season. Oh yeah, so that that's what I was going to say is that there's probably there's there's arguments that he could be the the top of this these four Rangers players but the other three have gone on the basis of what they've kind of what they've done before and my preference but Lundstrom Rangers signed uh, a guy with a Premier League or Championship experience on a, on a free contract and then he, when he first came in he looked like he had a positive impact then he just his his form and his uh, influence kind of just uh, died a death. But especially under Giovanni Van Pronkhorst in Europe, he's been he's been absolutely f- uh, fantastic. And it's certainly in, in in specific games, he has he's given Rangers a steal that maybe under Gerrard they I don't want to say they lack because they played a certain style. But I think in certain games you do need that that physicality, that steal, and he's provided them. And he's come up with big moments as well. That goal against uh, Dortmund is. It's not something you'd expect from uh, Lundstrom in terms of his role within the team, but as uh, sometimes I think he's, he's he's passing maybe might not be as progressive as Ryan Jack. It might not be as uh, like Stephen Davis, the deep kind of deep line playmaker, but he keeps it ticking over. He's just I think he's just basically he's just a safety net for for Rangers, and I think he's performed it really really well. Yeah, I don't really have anything much to add to that. He's yeah, just with his. His abilities, he's got good ability on the ball, which really didn't show up early in the, the Rangers campaign. But I just think that just probably sh- spoke to how little he suited things when he first stepped into the side. Uh, and I think with the playing him in one of the kind of more advanced roles, I can't really remember now. But yeah, he really struggled to begin with. But it's kind of shown that he's a good passer of the ball, and just as I mean, just the size of the guy as well. <laughs> he's bloody huge like yeah. it's got to be something that plays in the mind of opposition players when you're trying to run through the Rangers midfield and he's coming towards you because he's just he's so broad and, and so powerful and somebody that just uses the ball very well but also wins it back very well so yeah John Lundstrom aye number similar position to take care of you but who is your number four I'm just getting eager to find out who have left out here number four is Glenn Kamara Right, I'm definitely getting confused now because I've got Kamara as well. Okay. Right, who the fuck have I forgotten? Right, okay. Right, okay. Yeah, Glenn Kamara. I've got him again. One place higher, number three. He has... I think everyone that listens to the podcast knows what, what Glenn Kamara is about, but it's not a great se- he's not had a great season. And not he's a de- not, no. Not a de- especially a game under... But there, I think there's certain players who are. It just seems to have, uh, like pre Van Bronckhorst and under Van Bronckhorst, like Morelos just really kicked on. Lundstrom really, uh, really kicked on. Kamara just you've been used uh, used in different ways. Um, it just hasn't been that. He still when when you watch him, he's still that ability to beat the press just with his composure, uh, his dribbling. Um, but I just don't think he's had as strong an influence as previous maybe two campaigns at Ibrox. Yeah, uh, that's certainly true. I, I just still think that... I, I still had him higher than Lundstrom and uh, number three on my overall list because I just still think he's an excellent player. 
I, I think yeah. he's maybe been hurt this season a little bit. First half of the campaign, uh, or first three months, whenever Gerard left, I think he was a victim, one of many victims of a kind of malaise that came over the club in general, especially after they didn't reach the Champions League. It was kind of like, I think really that took the wind out of Rangers' sails for a little bit. It was kind of like, okay, because they'd been progressing, 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 and that was like the next natural stop was Champions League, and it was kind of expected they were going to do it. And then they didn't. And he was one of those guys that maybe were like, oh, okay, that now I've kind of achieved all I can really do in Scotland. Do I leave? I was actually a bit surprised that he signed a new contract. He did. And then he's somebody who I just don't maybe think fits uh, what Giovanni Brown Bronkers wants as much as, as he did under Gerrard. But he's still a tremendous player, as you say. His dribbling ability, the, the snake hips he has to just kind of rotate out of trouble. He's a very good defensive midfielder as well in terms of, again, very similar to what I said about Benny Benningame. He scores very high for defensive dual percentage, but very low for fouls given away. So he's just somebody, again, who just manages to get his foot in time and again and get the ball, regardless of what angle he seems to be coming at. And so, yeah, that's why I've got him as high as I do. Right, who's your number three? Ryan Jack. Right, who the fuck else have you got? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing it's Stephen Davis you've left out. Yeah, have you got Stephen Davis at number two? I've got Stephen Davis at number two, yeah. You are fucking mental. How? He didn't even play for about four months because he was sh- hey, he was shit at the start of the season and then Van Bronckhorst barely played him at all. And he's only really played him recently. He's been good recently, but yeah. I mean, come on. Four, four Miss Tempery Fowler, classes, oh. classes permanent. Yes, it's, no, his class is not permanent when you're 37. <laughs> He has still got a couple of years uh, left in him, and I just... Yeah, he's still number two. He is not better than Ryan Jack. I am not having this at all. This is outrageous. I think Stephen Davis is a, is a tremendous football player, and you can see his, his intelligence with and without the ball, his passing long and short is still absolutely brilliant. I don't think there's anyone that can rival him, the, 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 the versatility in his passing. He is he is awarded there for lifetime achievement of uh, of just being a brilliant brilliant player. You have to consider you have to make you have to consider that Ryan Ryan Jack also has, has, has barely barely played in the league this season. I think he's played nine nine games. Yes, but that has been pretty much due only due to injury. That's in fact yes. it has been only due to injury. Whereas Stephen Davis went missing for a while because he just looked like he was done, and he's he's proven himself to not be done. Fair enough. But still, there was a lot of this season where Stephen Davis was a complete afterthought, and I think it's, it's, yeah, I should probably have him in my list. But I was never going to, I was never going to have four Rangers players on my list. I was never going to pick more than three for one club. Uh, I, so did, I didn't want to, a, but I probably meant having to leave just because he's oldest Davis out. Uh, I didn't want to do that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I, uh, it would have been quite wild. If, it would have been quite wild if you left off Lundstrom, Camaro, or Jack. Um, uh, not quite as wild as having Davis ahead of all of them, but still. <laughs> I don't know. Might might be an oversight, <laughs> but I I just I honestly think it was one of those players that you you watch and you just think fuck me, you are a good player, and even still a good a good player. Yeah, so we were talking about Ryan Jack before then, and uh, Ryan Jack is yeah like somebody who. It's been a shame that we've really that Ryan Jack has been absent for the best part of a year, really. Like you say, he's only played nine times and he was injured last March. So it's really been a year that he's not been fully fit. And you just hope that he gets that fitness soon enough and he can hit the, the ground running next season because he's too good a player to be to be left kind of festering in, in the stands or, you know, having to, as he's been doing quite a lot recently, having to come out because the club are kind of looking after his, 
his fitness and, and kind of keeping him for the bigger games. But just somebody who he's, he's used to the ball is outstanding. He's a, he's another one who's a, who's a good, strong kind of defensive player as well. Somebody who also gets forward quite a lot. He's a seventh overall for touches in the box, which is quite impressive for somebody who at the start of his kind of Aberdeen career was. I mean, I certainly wouldn't think he would at that point. He would progress to this type of guy who's was a number six, big, really progressing to being a number eight and gaining that much confidence to go forward and impact games more. And you've seen when he plays for Scotland, the guy's just. There's a touch of class about Ryan Jack that, that just kind of radiates through his play. Yeah, he gets he's, he's, he's what a player gets better and better. I didn't realise he'd played so little this season, and I think if he'd played more, he is probably the only player on this list who could get anywhere near number one. And our number one, perhaps controversially, when you're talking about defensive midfielders, but set through a criteria at the start, he has to count as a defensive midfielder. We've both got the same guy. Yeah. It's Callum McGregor. Yeah, he has to because he is he is he is now the base of the Celtic field. And yeah. yeah, he when he when he when he filtered him through the like successful like defensive actions, uh, defensive duels, center blah blah blah. It doesn't feature highly just because Celtic have the way they play he doesn't really have to do that. But he has to he has to provide in in different ways, and he does that. His long like his longevity, his consistency is just is just incredible. His ability on the ball, you think the times that you've you probably shouldn't be a Scottish uh, Scottish player, but he but he is, and that's again a set a new generation of Scottish players coming through. Uh, you look at the way he he plays, and um, he's really found. He's found uh, when I say a different level. He's went up two, three, four levels for Scotland as well. You talk about uh, Ryan Jack alongside, alongside Billy Gilmore. Uh, reads the game, so uh, reads the game so well, and again within, he's he's shown that he didn't have to replace Scott Brown like like for like. Uh, didn't have to be that um, like charging about, shouting, uh, snapping into tackles. He can lead in a in a, in a different way, and he's 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 absolutely done that. And he's been see if, for example, Postecoglou came in and it was McGregor who left and Brown had uh, signed a new deal. I think he might have found. <laughs> I was saying he might have found. He would have found it very very diff- a lot more difficult than he has uh, than he has this season. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, uh, McGregor is just, he's a terrific player to watch. The way he just skips with the ball as well, like the, the movement that he has is just kind of, it's somebody who's quite fascinating to watch, I think, just the way that he he, he runs with the football. He's just a, a very entertaining player, somebody who, it, to be fair, he has played that deeper role quite a few times for Celtic, and yeah, maybe not the best in terms of defensively. I also think as well, having watched him play the deeper role for Scotland, that I think he sometimes struggles with with receiving the ball with his back to the rest of the pitch, as you sometimes have to do, is that player. He doesn't quite have, the, you're comparing it with Scott Brown. Scott Brown was, Scott Brown's one of his best attributes, I thought, was kind of like almost having eyes in the back of his head. So when anybody closed him down, he would just immediately kind of shift position and get Celtic started the other way. And then the team are kind of one man down. The opposing defence are one man down because somebody's had to go out and pressure him. McGregor maybe struggles a little bit with that. But with literally everything else, he's, he's pretty good. Because he's, yeah, he's not the greatest of defender, but he's somebody that is tenacious as well and is very happy to get stuck in. And just the best part of his game for deep is his ability to just drive play forward. And just, you've got the three guys at Celtic who are all good at that, and it just becomes an absolute nightmare for opposition players to try and deal with. So, 
And yeah, especially like if you compare him and Ryan Jack, because of the fact that yeah, I would say McGregor's a better player anyway, but mm-hmm. you can have more of an argument. Uh, but with Ryan Jack missing this seat, it's weird though because I do think Jack suits Scotland more. But I think in the Scottish Premiership, McGregor's better. But this season, with Jack playing so few games, I think that there's no doubt it's the number one. Um, although of course you and Jack is number three, so I don't know. You maybe got a different doubt. <laughs> no, I, I really like Ryan Jack. He just. Uh... Stephen Stephen Davis gets in there. Um, I really like Stephen Davis. Just really like him. And he's really? he's he's, uh, he's he's played more. And he, I think that you have to say that for 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 someone um, for someone who's thirty seven to have been written off and then come back at a really key part of the, the season and contribute and show that he's not not finished uh, speaks volumes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, that'll do us. Thank you very much for joining me, Joe. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody for listening. If you would like to hear... Well, I don't want to promise this because it's not been recorded yet, but it should be getting recorded this evening. So I'm hopeful that there will be another top 12 list for the lower leagues. So I'm not going to split that up into defensive midfielders and centre midfielders because the lower leagues, a lot of teams just play 4-4-2, so it's a lot easier. So Sean... And uh, it's not going to be Fraser Clark this time, but Sean and, uh, and another guest are going to do the top 12 centre midfielders for the lower leagues. And I will aim to have that podcast up at the same time as this one. If not, there is plenty. And that's going to be in the patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. If not, uh, we are currently in the mix of our season review series right now. We've done Hibs, Livingston, I've just recorded before I talk to you, Joel. So that'll be going up as well, or if it's not up already by the time I post this. So there's plenty of content on that to check out. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. Right, Joe, that'll do us. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.